Welcome to the 23rd episode, or 24th, who knows, of Born in Trouble, and I'm your host, John X. It's wonderful to be here. It's just wonderful to be here. Is that racist to say stuff like that? If you're not even realizing that you're doing it, it's wonderful to be here. Anyway, we're going to start with Philadelphia, my man. Mr. Brooks with the good looks. Uh-oh. I'm starting on the wrong foot already, man. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a doozy. Apparently, it's not wonderful to be here because it would be racist to say that it's wonderful to be here. So it's not wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to be here. And of course, from Ohio, Mr. Reggie Wood. Good evening, everybody. Ohio. So, hey, fellas, how are we doing today on this Monday afternoon? Lots of interesting stuff going on in the world today. None that I really care too much about, such as Donald Trump had his trial. I was watching that as I was working out. There was another guy in the gym at the same time. I laughed. He left. What do you mean you laughed? He left. I don't know. They were describing something about they were describing something about an interaction that he had with the judge, and he was just basically putting on his normal carnival barker thing. And um, I laughed because it's like funny. It's funny that they're still doing reports about it three years later. And this is what I'm watching on CNN. This is the most the most important thing in the world is this guy and. It's just like there is. It wasn't just because it was Donald Trump. It was because it's fucking ridiculous. So I left because it was ridiculous. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know what I'm watching with that whole fiasco. It's just. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just. Um, it seems like a. I don't know. You know, what's the timeline to wrap this stuff up? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little on my podcast. Uh, I think I did a show about we're, we've just been in this era. Instead of uh, MC Hammer's pumps in a bump, it's been Trump's in a crump with uh, either either the, the crump lawyer cat. Or Donald Trump just in our face the last five to seven years or whatever. Mm, that's bad I'm saying, but I see where you were going with it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> it rhymed. It was bad I'm saying, though. But it's like, hey, you know, Rob, you you do it. When- I mean, you know, it's we're in unprecedented territory. You know, we've never had such a flagrant criminal. Mm-hmm. As the president of the United States, mm-hmm. so you know, every move that he makes is is you know another step towards a banana republic, and I guess that all should be documented. Like, I, there are those who think that we shouldn't cover him and that we shouldn't give him any any oxygen, um, but at the same time, like his followers still believe him. Like, if you don't shed light on this thing, you know, I'm gonna like, ask, I'm, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna have to skip to an unrelated question very quickly, Rob. This is a show about four black men, and it's a lot of black stuff, so this might be off topic for some people. I mean, I get this. But as you were speaking, I heard you yeah. say 
watching every step, and then you said something about breath. And I was just thinking, were you listening to the police today? Did you hear any uh, old police today? I, I, I was not. See, I thought you were going to go in the new edition direction, though. Bobby Brown, every little step you take. Okay. Because, you know, they're going to yeah. do a residency in Vegas now. Right, I saw that. I saw um, that. You know who knows? Who knows if Bobby's going to show up at half the shows? But that's what they're going to do now. I didn't think I didn't see him in the in the uh, promotional this morning. But I'm saying, did you? Were you listening to the police at all today? Because you just made three alliterations to three of their songs. I, I was not listening to Sting and the Police this morning. It's okay. been it's been probably a. I was. I did watch a special last weekend about the band that he put together to make the search for the the search for the blue turtles or whatever when he put Kenny Kirkland and Branford and um Omar Hakim when he got all those jazz cats together. Um, it's fantastic music by the way. Okay. Was, Did you introduce me to? Really? Yeah, the first time I ever heard the uh the 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 Blue Turtles album was at your spot in the railroad apartment at Howard. All right, that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. It was eclectic. It was quite a little weirdo. Reg, were you a little bit weird when you were in school? In college, listening to different music? Oh, man, I was, uh, I mean, it wasn't a playlist back then, but I had some of everything in the rotation, man. I mean, good music is good music. Okay. Supposed to be. Yeah, that's what, that's, I mean, that's basically it. That's the whole nine yards. It's like good music is good music. The police. I look better on. I can't. What's the joint with um, In Your Eyes, Peter Gabriel? Yeah, yeah. I'm it was one of, those, one of those uh, movies, too. It's one of those Christopher Columbus movies, too. Your Eyes. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Very yeah, dramatic, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was listening to that about a month ago or so, and I was just, I'm blown away at how phenomenally recorded that song is like it sound it just sounds excellent like they got everything right however many years ago that they produced it it's it, it comes out of the speakers really nicely in 2023 it's like crazy you listen to the old music now you really have an appreciation for it especially in comparison to the things that they're making now which is just bubblegum pop you know, turned over. Even the rock music is pop. No wonder why these dudes are so mad and trying to find Trump because they're trying to find, you can't define yourself in your masculinity in your music. And generally, that's a space where when musicians are talking about being uh, sensitive to gender, how are you going to make any music that rocks, you know, that makes you feel anything? You have to have emotion. With that, but this kind of brings me to something I saw on Twitter today, which was, um, um, I think, uh, I think it was this guy, the master student. I'm not sure if that's the same dude that we had on the show, like maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Do you remember the master student? The master student? Yeah, I think I did an interview with Cat and everything. I'm gonna, look, I'm gonna have to look it up, but um, he he was posting something on Twitter about. How back in the day, one of the problems with Will and Jada is that it's the age-old problem between the cat in the suit, the dude in the suit, and the bad boy in the street. And the bad boy in the street always is the one that the girls wants. And the dude in the suit, that's the studious one, that's more of a straight arrow. 
and everything always seems to get the short end of the stick when it comes to the girls in the black community. Do you think that's true? And, you know, but the one thing I thought just before I before you even answer that question, let me just say there was a time in America where the dude in the suit was the bad boy. In black America, that was the bad guy. So how historically correct could that actually be? Well, at some point, the culture turned and it was while we were growing up. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, your level of authenticity in the streets or your perceived level of authenticity in the streets became your currency. So how hard you were became a thing. Mm-hmm. And the nerd cats got pushed to the side a little bit. Um, so I got, you know, speaking for myself personally, you know, you know I'm from Brentwood. I'm not street, not from, the, I'm not from any project. Had both my parents around for the most part, you know, had lots of people around. Like, you know, I get that sometimes from women. Like, they, they want that hard rock. What's going on, Grant? Uh, you know, they want that hard rock, dude. And so you got you to gotta push on them gently every once in a while. You got to give them a little a gentle face plant, you know, not lyrically, not physically. But you got to, every once in a while, you got to remind them that, you know, just because just cause I ain't hood, just because I wear this suit, don't mean that I'm going to let you just walk all over here. Truth. And speaking of speaking of wearing a suit, the city wing king, Detroit Firefighter Supreme, Mr. Grant Lancaster, how you doing tonight? I'm good, man. What'd it do? I, I, I'm, I'm kinda of bummed, man. I was kinda of hoping that you was taking a head break. <laughs> you were gonna join us here tonight. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for you, brother. <laughs> yeah, we were all kinda of hoping that you were getting a little something there. So, you know, because this is the type of show that it is. It's not toxic masculinity. It's right, right. loving masculinity. Yes, sir. What's the deal, Wood? How you feel? I'm all right, man. It was good, Grant. Good to see you, you know, uh, pulled up. It's all to the good, bro. And you pulled up right on time because, as we were saying, we were just have a com- having a conversation about Street Brothers getting all the, getting all the women. Everybody loves a hood. And everything is that true? Do you find that true? Yeah, until they don't. You know, you know, everybody want to, everybody want to, want to, want a thug until that thug start thugging. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Good answer. Yeah, you know, till you till you clean it up the place, clean it up the mess by yourself. Because <laughs> right. he, he is otherwise detained. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, my thought was also too: are the two things mutually exclusive? Like, is it such a thing as being like you know either or? You know, there's no mean like nice guys out there. I, no, I mean, some... you know, there are people cross the lines. You know, we do, we do dudes who was you know who was hood, but they had some charm. It wasn't necessarily thugging, but they was they was street as hell. Reg, what you got to say about that, bro? What's the depth really on the thugs, though, man? I mean, some of these, you know, at a certain point, there's some value on uh, conversation and being a little well-rounded and everything, man. And some of your thugs, I mean, 
I mean, unless y'all they spending you know all the time together in the bedroom, like you know buns and um belly and whatnot <laughs> with Keisha or whatever. But if if it's if, if it's not going down like that, I mean, every once in a while, you know, you gotta take a trip to the zoo or the museum, talk about some of the great music that we just mentioned. I just don't know if it's a lot of depth there in the, in the hard rocks. Yeah, but there ain't a lot of depth to the culture sometimes. There's a lot of people who, you know. Right. You know, they'd have problems drowning in the, in the piece of the culture that they fucking with. Yeah, the, the like, culture is ratchet. They not be able to fill up their lungs with that bullshit. The culture is ratchet. Definitely. Definitely. Well, unfortunately, I'm a resident romantic on the show, though. So I, you know, I just threw my perspective out there. Well, you know, Grant kind of killed all the romance when he showed up for the show. We were hoping that, you know, <laughs> minds, we were hoping that there was some romance going on there. Look, so. I, I, I could have kept, huh? kept it going. Just saying, I could have kept, I could have kept it moving. I mean, we, we, like, <laughs> we, we appreciate the fact that you're here. Yeah, this is dedication. We're kind of hoping that she tripped into something, you know, soft. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Something soft. I mean, part of this yeah. whole show is that we try to kind of live vicariously at different times. <laughs> and it's not toxic love. <laughs> right. It's not toxic man- masculinity. It's just, you know, loving masculinity. It's just like, this is what this is what we do, right? You know? Absolutely. We, we've forgotten a lot of aspects of black of black culture. You know, there was a, a famous student of Georgetown who once said, we are loving people in describing relationships between black men and black women. We are loving people. That kind of encapsulated everything. So let's remember some of that in these times of strife and struggle. When you find yourself in times of struggle... What? You going back to the upper room? What? No, no, no. <laughs> so, Rob, man, you're getting ready to go back to work. Um, you got, you uh, work for a university there, Drexel. They had a problem with Jewish students there? Uh, they're having problems on a lot of these campuses in Philadelphia. It's, um, you know, this is a... Somehow this topic, we've allowed one group to sort of run off and create their own narrative around this topic. Uh, and there can be no other opinions about it. Mm. But unfortunately, the way that some people are expressing the alternate opinion, even though they haven't been oppressed the same way the Palestinian people are, you would think that they have been. Because mm. they've been, you know, people are, people behave kind of ugly around this. But unfortunately, it's been ugly for a long time. I think You know, that, the whole thing's been ugly. I think that a part of it is that um, I was saying yesterday that we have generations of people that the only way they know how to communicate with other people is through the lens of protesting, yelling. And by design, that doesn't allow for conversation like we have here right now going on. It doesn't allow for the minutiae to even sink in or seeping. So, um, I mean, you go into the numbers and it's not really a positive thing around the world for the opinions. It's like more like 80% of the world is against what's going on in that region of the world right now and the decisions that are being made. There are only, there are literally like five countries that are saying anything other than cease fire and stop what you're doing. 
And it's just rolling on because it's like it's going to roll on until it's complete. That is the actual thing. But do students have the um, right to be accosted as they're going to class? Is it really on them? Is it really on those students? Should the- Was this part of an East Coast, you know, like probably, I don't know, maybe Philly and Eastward? Is it is it kind of uh, isolated to that? Because I'm here in the Midwest, man, and like the whole – I wouldn't know a Jewish person just by looking at somebody, you know, I just wouldn't know a Jewish person. So I, I just feel like here in the minute you up in Detroit, but that's a bigger metropolitan and whatnot, but I'm just not near to where, uh, angst towards Jewish people is something that's, uh, a constant thing. And so I'm kind of just, I don't even think you can really say honestly that it is even a thing. Because if if you don't see it, then it's not a thing. It's something that you're talking about. It's sort of like the whole situation. It's like if you a tree falls in the forest and you're not there to see it, did it actually fall? And that's not just to say any to say that these people are are just like crying wolf. Obviously, there's something going on. But this is what we hear as black people most of the times in these situations, right? You know, did someone actually do anything? Did you did you sure. actually see it? It's like, you know, if we're going to run with these metrics, I'm just trying to run with these metrics on the yeah. same level, that's all. So I'm what's, not saying what's that, the background of the victim. Yeah, I'm not saying that nothing did happen. I'm just saying that obviously, and that's the reason why I'm asking Rob because I know he has some type of he's uh, they, they they've had some incidents on campus. They've had some some graffiti, some anti-Semitic graffiti. I mean, it, you know, opinions run high on this. Right. As well they should. You know, this isn't this isn't a simple situation and unfortunately all of us here on this call are far too familiar with what happens when you live in a community where you don't truly have where you have freedom, you know, in the very broadest sense, yes, we have freedom and we're protected by the same rules as everybody else. But in the reality and the practice, our communities are not showing the same grace as other communities are. And when you live in that type of community, you're eventually that's got to boil over. Well, I think it's important to actually like watch and see how those communities are treated in times of trouble like this. So that way we know what we should be asking for when it comes down. Not to say that there's going to be some type of mitigation that happens, but you know, I've seen a lot of things that when I've seen a lot of things like, um, for example, my whole problem is that I'm not down with anybody that feels like you're better than anyone else. You know, um, it just doesn't sit right with me because everybody thinks they're better than somebody, somebody else. The Muslims thinks they're, thinks they're better than the Jews. If you're living in a Muslim country, in a Muslim region, area of the world that has that ideology, nobody can tell you anything about a Jew being worth more money than worth more than a regular person who is a Catholic, for for example, or a Christian. And if you're in a place where they practice, I'm sorry, practice hardcore Christianity, well, both of those groups can go kick sand and kick rocks when it comes to who's going to be first into the kingdom of God. This is the mythical or the the, um, spiritual kingdom of God that these people all aspire to. 
everybody feels like they should be first. And I don't know. It just seems to me like from a common sense point of view, that's where all the killing starts. Am I wrong? Nah, I think you spot on. Spot on. Yeah, I mean, people people kill in the name of religion more than anything, right? Kill in the name of superiority more than anything else. We've got, quote unquote, white supremacy that feels that the inferior, that all other races are inferior and it gives them license to go out and do anything to anyone of any person of color. And there's a justification that's built into that. And now this is what we're seeing in at Drexel University. We're seeing these people that have, this is a place where they feel like there's a heavy concentration of Jewish students. So now they're going to go after those Jewish students. It, see, that's the thing, though. There's not, it's not even that there's a heavy concentration. It's just, it's just folks who are, whose passions have run too high taking whatever shots they can. Because, I mean, that's not yeah. really, it's not even there's a concentration there. There are some, but it's not. Because cause I was going to say, not even knowing, it's always anti-nigger shit in a place where it ain't no niggas. You know what I mean? It's always anti-Jewish shit in a place where it ain't really that many Jews because typically there's a there's kind of a mob mentality that goes on, right? Somebody somebody throws a rock, you know. Somebody else throws enough. Somebody else throws a bottle. Before you know it, cars are burning. Right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a the, the group think takes over. But oh, typically, yeah. like I said. Philly group thing group thing happens fast here. That's why they got to grease the poles just because the because the team wins the the <laughs> NFC championship. They got to grease the poles to keep pulling them. You know, right. they 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 love them. They love the mob here in Philadelphia. They love to just get out there and you know. But don't we see love what a, happens? My point is though don't don't we love a mob in America now? You know, to a certain extent, we've got one group, every group of people, no matter what their ideology, all the extremists have learned by marching on the streets and yelling at the top of their lungs, complaining. Right. But that's what we do now, though. You know what I mean? We do we do it in, in on social media and we do it in real life. You know what I mean? On social media, you're able to find that tribe that agrees with whatever whatever ideology you, you pick. Yeah, social media helps you find your echo chamber. Right, exactly. That you that, find that repeater so that you you start hearing you start hearing the same idea over and over again. You start thinking that everybody thinks this way. Exactly, because that's all you're hearing. Mm. So, go ahead. Similar to what you're saying. So, like I saw, it was a clip of uh, Don Staley talking about because uh, everybody is just out here fighting for the the piece of the pie that they want. And so Don Staley was on something and was just mentioning that um, she need, she would like to have more networks involved, not that the WNBA's TV deal is uh, ending and they, they can renegotiate their next deal. She's like, we really need more networks to get involved or else we just have to take what whatever ESPN wants to give us. You know, so we're just hoping that we could attract some more into the discussion to be able to drive up the they, they want she did, she's looking for a stalking horse. So yeah. this guy comes on, happened to be a white guy, and is just like tries to reword what she's she stated into uh 
I can't even remember what this this cat was even talking about. But I was like, so we go back and forth a couple of times because I'm like, you're basically too impatient. Even though this has nothing to do with you, you don't watch the games and we, and I don't watch the game and none of us watch the game. So what? I mean, that's probably the truth. But for her to be able to explain or voice her concerns so she can try to get, you know, so she can try to address her best interests, we should be able to do that here. And, and But but you just came in and just hijacked her point because you just angry about whatever. And like Grant was saying, we just go from situation to situation, just mobbing up, on, you know, and needing to get in on the action. And we really don't even have any skin in the game. None. No. But what she said was what she said was business one hundred and one. If if I went to go get a, a contractor to get my bathroom remodeled, I'm gonna let them know that I'm getting three or four different uh, quotes on this. So you just don't give me you you just don't get yeah you just don't throw whatever number you feel like at me exactly. I said so she's just doing the reverse of that, but because she's a woman. And because the WNBA is something that you hate or it agitates you, these women are getting in, in, in the way of your day-to-day, she's not allowed to use the free market principles and whatnot to try to negotiate on her and her constituents' behalf. And I'm like, here, here we go again. Well, my question to her would be, did she make dinner before she actually... <laughs> <laughs> Brother was born in trouble, and he gonna stay in trouble. <laughs> what? What did I say? No, but yeah. I mean, listen. My, my 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 question for Dawn would be, hey, my my statement with Dawn would be like, yo, you've got to get your people to support this product mm. because, unfortunately, even at the highest levels, the audience just isn't there anymore. Like television is going through a revolution right now. Exactly. Right. Because of all it, because of everybody's got their channel, everybody's got their, everybody's got their device to watch on. Everybody's got their niche programming. If you're, if you're not watching your niche programming, you have the Instagram and the TikTok and and the Facebooks to, to amuse you and to keep you off the TV. Um, You have to get women to sit down and watch this stuff so that the numbers will grow and, you know, guys have gotten away with it for a lot of years. Like the numbers, the rating system is bananas. It's all an estimate, and a lot of it's BS. Like it's legit BS, but it's the system, and we all accept it. Uh, just like, you know, when you walk into church and they say, it's the blood and the body of Christ. All right, it's the blood and body of Christ if you say it is. <laughs> um, you know, these are the numbers. And this is this is how many people watching. But what we're finding out is those numbers aren't even close to what reality is. So if she wants to get a stalking horse in for the WNBA rights, they got to find a way to get women to sit down and start watching this. Because more than likely, they're going to have to do it themselves when they get men to watch it. All day. Right. All day. But, they're, they're like, you know, ESPN's down 30 million subscribers over the last 10 to 12 years. Like, the numbers are going opposite. Like sportscasters about to start taking haircuts as our teams about to start taking haircuts in their rights fees because the numbers are working against them, not for them. So unfortunately the WNBA is having this moment at the same time that the networks are going the other, in the other direction. Right. Well, it seems to be a complete um, depreciation of the entire society that we live in. And sports is just a microcosm of that. It's just a small piece of it, but it's kind of, Part of the entire pie. 
I had a conversation today because in my business with, I know you guys, this doesn't really relate to you, but in real estate, they just had a landmark lawsuit case that just broke the other day. And it's got all these different realtors like, you know, ooh, throwing their hands up in the air because what they did was that they've stated now that if you want to buy a home, that house, the person that is the agent that brings you in, the buyer's agent, you have to pay your buyer's agent out of your own pocket now. So this way, because someone filed a lawsuit and said, as a seller, why should I be paying the buyer's agent's fee? But it's all worked up into the pie. But now what they're doing is that, so now if you're going to go out and you're going to show a property, you as someone who's looking to buy a home has to come into an agreement with an agent. Supposedly, this is how they would like it to work. So that way you would pay that person, say, commission that's commensurate with to say 3% or 2 or 3%, whatever they would get normally. And you have to put that on top of what your other cost. So in some places, what that does is that leaves an opening for you to actually remove some new home buyers from out of the market. And it allows people with more money. It's another way to basically stop people from actually buying homes and gaining equity and gaining wealth. And the reason why I say that it correlates with what you were just saying about the numbers, it's because people can't really afford with what they're doing with the economy and keeping everyone at like such high DTIs, 80% DTIs, what it does is it stops people from having money to relax and do things like watch a ball game, go to a ball game, pay for their families. And as such, they're not invested in the, the distraction any longer. So now the numbers are trickling down to the other markets because it's well, such I mean, an elite thing. Well, and there's all, I mean, with the, with the television thing, it's just, there's too many options. Like once upon a time you had three channels. That was it, right. man. Exactly. So it was easy to get half the country to watch one program. Right. You know, I, I, somebody was random about the world series the other day and how awful the ratings were. And it's the, the least watched world series in a long time. Mm-hmm. But on four of the five nights that it aired, it was still the most watched program on television. Right. So it's it's still the it's the tallest midget still. Right. So sports is a valuable property because it brings more people, brings more eyeballs to the set than anything else. But all those numbers are shrinking all the way across. Like, you know, people talk about the the last episode of MASH and how many people watch the last right. episode of MASH. You'll never get anybody that many people to watch the finale of any one show anymore because it's just No. There's too many divisions. There's too many other things to watch. Yeah, there's 167 channels. Well, here's the thing, though, with like the prices and salaries so high, is it going to be is it going to be justifiable to pay somebody in baseball forty million dollars to pitch every fifth day? That's going to stop. That's going to have to come down because the you know. So take the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bally Sports is in bankruptcy court right now. They you want to talk about some corporate greed and hustling? The folks at Sinclair buy the network. Uh, spin it off as a separate entity, charge all these management fees and whatever. Basically, they're bilking money out of the company. They know this company's going under. They're bilking millions of dollars in management fees and, 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 and back office charges from them. Now they want to pick it up. Now the diamond's in bankruptcy court. They want to pick it up for pennies on the dollar. But my man at the Arizona Diamondbacks, who's, you know, they're 
RSN is the Bally's and they've been dropped by Bally's already. He's like, look, I don't know what we're going to get next year for our television rights, but I know this. It ain't going to be what we were getting in the past. And I don't know if it ever will be again. And that's the reality that this year, there are 16 teams looking at that possible reality right now in baseball and in the NBA. So at some point, all of this has been driven by TV money. All these salaries have been driven by TV money. TV money is going to go away. We're going to have to go back to the table. Like the the NBA is good because they got um, they got a salary cap that's all based on the income that the league gets. But like in baseball, they're going to be a blood fight because the players are all going to say they're rich, they can afford it anyway. And uh, these owners, a lot of the smaller owners are being driven out already anyway. All right, hold it right there, Reg. They're going to flip that over to the entitled athletes are the ones that are now causing the game to actually, like, go down. Sort of like something you've seen in boxing with the entitled people got tired of Mayweather at a certain point. They get tired of these guys coming out and having these big spectacles and getting this big money, and you're not getting it. Um, Do you think it's fair to blame the entitled athlete? And, Grant, I want you to follow that up. Yeah, that's I was as he was as as Rob was talking through that. I'm like, this is exactly what's transpired with boxing over the last five or six years with HBO exiting in um, maybe 2018 ish, and now here on December 29th, Showtime Sports is they're shuttering that, and um, you know, kind of starting with the Pacquiao Mayweather fight where. It took some five and a half, six plus years to get this fight. We get there on fight night, and then it doesn't, it's really not a memorable fight in the annals of boxing. Nobody ever really talks about Mayweather uh, Pacquiao. And increasingly, that's basically what the business model has gone to for premier boxing champions, which is the, which was, has been the boxing provider to Showtime. You've, put all this uh, responsibility to pay. You you put all of it on the fans to pay for everything. And now we're getting two guys in here facing each other and we're paying $75. None of them were along the way with Floyd pushing that price point up from $49.99. They just come in at the top. The same way that Rockefeller, I mean, Rockaway came in with Polo, we got $90 jeans, and you've just been making art, you've just been making clothing for a summer now. But anyway, <laughs> not to get off track. Yeah, it's exactly, um, it's, to me, it's some short-sightedness, some in, entitlement that you can sit here as fighters, and you can't go and, what else can you go and do? And then you don't even want to show up and perform uh, Tyson Fury just two weeks ago. Uh-huh. $80 fight. This man didn't train for 12 weeks, went in there and got beat up on by an MMA guy in his first boxing match. And now it's egg on the face of the boxing community that the the quote-unquote baddest man on the planet just got roughed up by a dude fresh out the octagon. Well, what do we do with this? Well, you know what's interesting about that, and Grant, I want you to follow this up because based upon what, you, what the both of you said, um, it seems to me like finance is a big thing with both of these things, and I think that the evolution of it, it's kind of interesting because boxing is a sport that generally it had a lot of betting. And, you know, Grant, you're actually, like, very active in the sports betting with your with mm-hmm. the football leagues and everything. 
And it seems to me like, don't you think that that's something that might even actually save sports or it could be actually the only thing that's actually holding the sports leagues together or the betting places. So, so along those lines, this, this is where I think baseball has kind of dropped the ball. They're probably going to pick it up soon. Um, NFL jumped right in bed with it. NBA is starting to get on board with it, but sports gambling is really now what brings the layperson. So you don't have people like, People that are just diehard sports fans like like we are, this this younger generation, they not like that. No. Right? They don't they don't they ain't trying to sit down and watch no three hour fucking football game, three hour baseball game. You know what I mean? Like they they trying to uh read some stats, try to figure out how they can how they can place this bet and win a few dollars, and that's it. They don't want to watch the they don't necessarily want to watch the contest. No. They want to watch the scoreboard. And hopefully they'll win some money. But they don't watch a team suck for twelve years, neither. Right, exactly. And like is is like you say that. So there's with this, and particularly with football, they're not even playing football the way football was played before, right? Like now the NF the NFL is pushing flag football ridiculously now. And it's because the NFL knows that something is going to have to change. If they can't come up with something to stop all these concussions and everything, I mean, it's, it's a, there's a, a whole lot of things that are, that are going sideways with sports um, because of money, right? It's just so similar, similar to hip-hop. You got people in it that don't love it but are making a lot of money from it. And when you don't, when you don't have that love for it, the pro- it, it shows in the product. NFL games suck. Basketball games suck. Baseball games they suck too, mm. right? And and they suck because the product that you're putting on the field is not the same is not the same product that you used to put on the field. And I mean, you have expansion, you have different ways of training. You know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that are involved with it. But at the end of the day, the product suffers. And when the product is bad, like me, I'm always going to watch sports. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the product is bad because sports is just kind of what I do, right? Like, it's, it's, it's part of who I am. But these cats that are coming up, they're not really fucking with sports like that. They don't have to. They don't have to. They don't care. They trying to get their own thing jumping with the uh with the video game leagues now. Yeah, yeah, they got video game leagues. I mean, they doing skateboarding and you know all these all Basketball. these alternative sports. Yeah, they got the recess, yeah. the uh, the tag with the obstacle mm-hmm. course. Um, you know, everybody else is busy trying to get their own thing running instead of sitting again. Nobody has time to wait. You know, I'm a Washington Commanders Redskins fan. Ain't done nothing in 27 years. Man, Man. people moved on and did different things and, 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 and just you know out. That, that, that's so crazy because me and Grant went to Howard, and I remember back in those days, I, I couldn't wear my New York Giants shirt around the city without Man. people honking at me and throwing stuff at me. Remember I used to wear my shirt, Grant? And he'd be like, yo, you going out there? He used to be like, yo, you, want, you really going to wear that shirt out there? And I used to be like, fuck yeah. I'm from New York. 
I don't care. Yeah. And they used to DC yell at me. Didn't give a, so, they know, didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. I still didn't care. <laughs> you know, but listen, man. Hard pivot real quick, because you mentioned hip-hop. I got to give a shout-out to Cardi B. Her page, actually, they made me a... They actually made me a top fan on their page today because I got into an argument with someone about Cardi because they actually tried to call her stupid. I'm not necessarily a fan of her music whatsoever and everything, but I've seen her on different shows and I've seen her break down complex political situations and topics in ways that had me like, whoa, Cardi know that too? So I actually just defended her and they actually made me a top fan on her page. So I don't know. Let him go. Let him go. I don't know what Cardi B fans do. I can only use go from my toxic masculinity background and go. But I guess that was wrong. You got a man. I guess that's wrong. That's probably off. But you know, I'm just having fun, just like Cardi is, and we're all having fun. So listen. One quick topic before we go. AI is taking so, were over. You, were, you defending, you, were you defending the WAP? No, no, I wasn't defending no. the WAP, brother. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Even though, because the WAP does not need a defense. <clears throat> does not need a defense. You just do it. But anyway, no need to defend the WAP. <laughs> but I was defending Cardi because you know what? I hate when people, no, I mean, honestly... It's like, if, if you can't tell, the, the theme of this is just generally, I don't like people picking on the underdog. And even though I don't feel like her, I don't necessarily feel her music. That's not something I want my granddaughter to listen to, the music. That's different than calling her stupid. She's not stupid. Obviously, she ain't stupid. She's, she's, she's worked the game. She, right. She's worked the game better she's than... She's crushing the game. She, 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 yeah, she knows what she knows. She's worked it much harder than people and crushed it much harder than, than others have. She generally really hasn't hurt anybody on her way up except for chicks that try to get in her way and, you know, do things the wrong way. She hasn't stepped up. She didn't shoot nobody uh-huh. in the foot. There, there, were, there were those dudes that she was robbing when she was a dancer, but that's neither here nor there. But you know what? Listen, if you simping, you simping, bro. Come on now. Come on now. It is what it is. What you True. doing? What you doing out there? Why why are you open like that? Why is it going down like that in the first place? You simping, you simping. I don't have no sympathy for that. You know what I'm saying? You you losing. You losing. Everybody sometimes it's gotta be a winner sometimes. But that's before. And you know, I'm just talking about her now. She's not a dumb person. No, that's basically not even close. Whether you like her, whether you dislike her, calling her dumb is just like, I just hate when people do that. Even your enemies, you know, even your enemies, if your enemies are smart, you don't call your enemies dumb just because you're just mad at them. You know, we used to have a certain thing. That's part of the respecting your enemies. If you don't know your enemy, if you know your enemies and you don't respect your enemies, your enemy, you can't defeat them. You can only like basically bump heads with them. But you'll never defeat them because you don't take the time to even understand them. You don't respect them. So you're always going to lose. I think all of this kind of stems from, I think, the Kardashians, man. Like, I think those were the the underdogs that blew everything up. I mean, they got it. They just announced that deal with the NBA. I don't know how they're the sponsors of whatever this is. Right. But I think. 
I think when people sit here repeatedly, us everyday folk, you see the certain individuals that can make it across the line and, and you don't think that they worked hard and you don't think that they have any discernible talent. And people, we, we just kind of like hating that now. Just we, we can't, we can't figure out how to blow up our thing. Hating because you sleep. Because you're sleeping. You know what I'm saying? I don't begrudge people. I've never begrudged people their success. I think that's the cheesiest thing on earth. You know what I'm saying? I can't I, I can't even sit down with you. I can't even build with you if you like the you like a hater type person. I can I just can't. But that's just it just is what it is. And you know, like Cardi, you know what I'm saying? She she do her thing. I got much respect for her. I have much respect for her for how she's built her business and the things that she does and everything. It just is what it is. Doesn't mean that I'm actually like in love with Cardi. Some chick tried to say it's because my book because it was all rushing down to my loins, and I'm like, yo, B. I'm like, that's how you get got because you're confused and naked with stupid, and the two don't always go so, hand in hand. So here's a thought: the WNBA. What if they? What if? What, just, just, just hear me out. What if? What if the WNBA played in Lingerie? Lingerie. Is that sort of like Dungaree? Could, could, could we? Could we sell that product? Lingerie. No, I don't think we could. That's not what Age is doing. She got the short shorts on now. You know, she didn't roll the shorts up a little bit more to show more thighs and whatnot. Well, listen, this right. this this conversation is problematic because even though we all know that sex sells all objects for men and women, you're not supposed to talk about it because that's pervy. You can do there's, it, there's a, but you there's can't There's a whole lingerie it. football league. There, there, there is a lingerie football league. There is a... Uh, there's, uh, I mean, heck, women's volleyball is practically right. You know, the yeah. office they make them wear for that. Mm. Like somebody, somebody should, somebody should get locked up for that. Oh, Track and beach volleyball. You talking about beach volleyball? Yeah, the beach volleyball. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The coll- the collegiate, ba- I mean, the collegiate volleyball is not. It's not like they have twenty percent more clothing on. Yeah. <laughs> right. You get to see all of their personality. Right. I don't think the WNBA women would really be down for that, uh, Grant. I, I don't think they they buy into that. Well, I, I don't think they would either. But I think that, that their mistake is uh, the NBA is a superior product. By so, so why would anybody want to watch an inferior product? You know what I mean? Why would anybody want to watch women trying to do the same thing that men do better? Well, so to that end, let's do what you do better. No, nah, you can't. You, you can't. Did, did, did you see the commercial? They did somebody did a, a mock-up commercial. This is, this is for the for the world game football, and basically they show you all these all these goals, all these fabulous goals. And what they had done is they had used AI and put men over the women. So they show you like 30 seconds of all these ridiculous goals and then they peel off the AI and show you who actually scored them. And basically the point is they're just as good as the other as the guys are. 
um, is different. It's not as athletic. It's, it's, it's technical. There are variations to the sport that make it different, but it's definitely not the athletic product that you're used to. It's not the high-flying, um, you know, rim-shaking product that you're used to. Right. Whether that's better or not that, is so that, subjective. So, because that's what I mean when I say it's an inferior product, is that it's not as visually stimulating as the male game. So, let's make it visually stimulating. By using so AI? Uh, or by 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 utilizing VS. Yeah, it's not. That's 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 problematic. Just basically do what the PGA and the WTA did, and that's how the women started competing with, you know, uh, Federer and Agassi and whoever. Uh, I can't remember my man with the dark hair. Sampras. Yeah, Sampras. You know, and the, and the women became they be, they became. A, I mean, it helped with Serena coming along with what Serena brought to the table. Mm-hmm. But they that did second that tennis women. record. Yeah, that and and the matching, the coordinated outfits and all mm-hmm. that. Um, sex definitely, sex definitely can does sell. I'm not so sure that the WNBA has a product that can actually sell femininity. You know, because they're trying to compete on one hand, like, you know, like Rob said, you're trying to compete with one of the most or the most athletic sport that there is out there where you've got dunks and power and having, you know, you can't really sell femininity when you're trying to compete with that product per se. It just doesn't. You know, that's probably part of the problem. Tennis, women's tennis, there's something about women's tennis there. They're running around, and it's like, really, honestly, any woman's sport, it's never going to be the men that are going to support the sport. It's going to be those, that unspoken number of women who um, may like other women, you know, watching these sports. I'm I've talked about this on my little thing that I do. The lack of, I mean, the gap between the athleticism and like you said, the the raw athleticism, the power and everything, for the women to be playing below the rim the way that they do, to struggle to make the layups often. And then, I, I don't know, I can't remember the point guard's name for uh, for Vegas, but here's the point guard on the team, and she's she's the least athletic looking person on the team where their counterparts, the twos, the ones, twos and threes are your most athletic looking guys often and do some of the most phenomenal stuff. And then I'm, I'm trying to watch her. Now she got a hell of a passing game. I can't remember her name, but she's made some phenomenal passes, but she looked like she'd be like 43 out there moving around the way that the way that she's just built. It, it's a tough watch and it just doesn't, that's a sport. I would almost think that women's football, and maybe it's the lingerie league, would do better than what I see out of the play in the WNBA. Well, you have to think about it in terms of if the only viewers that you want are male v- viewers, then you try to sex things up. But if you really want competition, you're going to you go to another sport. And tennis is like I like I like women's tennis. I like women's tennis better than I like men's tennis. Absolutely. 
Because Absolutely. It's, like, it's, a better game. it's like I think it's a much better I think it's a much better played game. If you wanna yeah, if you wanna talk about sports where women actually are better at the sport, I think women's tennis has men's tennis beat by a mile. It's like much more, much more interesting, much more it's got nothing to do with whatever they look like. It's just a better game. But I think that's the only place it is. But Rob, you had said something really quick about AI. And I really wanted to get into AI, but we've actually had probably what is the most misogynistic, troublesome show that we've ever had here on Born in Trouble. I'd like to thank you all for being being a part of this. I may have to scrub all of our names from this and maybe even put blocks on our faces. You know, go back and do the video over and block our faces out. So that way there's some type of question that this was us. But, um, you know, and that's only because of the times of what it is. We just really, we haven't said anything. I think it's terrible. It's just we're just talking about sex in an area where we're four men that are talking about um, sex selling in marketing. And that's not okay right now because people have deemed that it's not okay. It happening is okay, but us talking about it, that's not okay. But anyway, AI, you know, in terms of how they did that, AI is actually taking over most of these jobs in these workplaces. Um, 54% of employees that that their companies are using AI have no idea how the company is using AI. 75% of the employees say they would be more excited about AI if their company were transparent about how it was actually being used because they see no effect on it on a daily basis. And um, that's basically it. Do you think that AI is being groomed to replace people in much of the same way that your boss's son comes in and takes over your job and you get fired quietly? Grant, you got Take over? You got Take over? You know, yeah, you're the black I, so, guy. So, You've been running. So, the so here's what I'll say. Let, wait, wait. Let me let me just give the scenario. You're the black guy. You've been running the department for ten years. Okay. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten mm-hmm. a raise, or you've gotten a slight raise. You have the respect, but not the title. Boss's son graduates from college. He has him come and work underneath you because one day he's going to take over the company. Right. Come in after a month. They say, hey. Your job has been taken care of. Nepotism Junior is taking over your job. Is that right. the way that, Tommy boy. Is that the way that AI is actually moving into businesses right now where they actually have them integrated with the systems and learning everything that people are doing? So that way one day George Jetson is going to come in and take your job. I b- I believe that's that's something that is possible. I don't think that's necessarily the plan, but what I do believe is that AI is moving toward doing much more of the thinking than people. I think people people are going to be relegated to the labor when we need when we need to move this piano. Yeah, AI can't move the piano, but when we need to figure out how to get the piano from point A to point B, AI can do that. So yeah, I I just think you you you're gonna be looking at a different uh, you're gonna be looking at a shift in the workforce 
once they figure out what this AI thing really can do and how, how they can utilize it to its fullest potential. Are nerds going to still run the world at that point as AI becomes more and more self-programmable? Oh, that's the fear that at right. some point it becomes it becomes smart enough that it leaves the, it leaves its programmers behind. But in the beginning, you know, the, the the AI is only as good as what you program into it. That's why right now it's a little bit biased. You know, it's upholding systems right now because right. the input is bad. Right. Well, the the input is the input is what the, the input is what we have. You know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's only as good as the programmer, like I said. It's what they're studying. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these jobs, man. You know, they're going to start around the margins. But a lot of these jobs, you know, they're going to have to redefine what people do. Like, you know, the AI, the AI is going to be able to do a lot of stuff, man. The 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 power, the the the, the processing capability is so far beyond what we can do. That, you know, we're going to have to, our jobs are going to get restructured, man. That thing's just going to push us right out of the way. Well, they've already started working on that with realtors. Gentlemen, it's been damn near an hour. Time goes fast when you're breaking social mores. (laughs) What'd you say about Daryl Morey? Ah, yes. And when you're trading like Daryl Morey. Oh, I can't wait to see. This guy is going out to Los Angeles to ruin another franchise. Did you see his quote the other day? Did it have system? something to do about He's a system, that's right. Oh, yeah, when, right. He he said, when he said that he isn't, he's not a part of the system, he is a system. He is, he is, a, system. He is a system, right. that's right. Right. Well, like, so, I'm just like, glad that some, he was like, being humble. He got no choice but to be humble. He walk around the streets looking like he's Cookie Monster's half brother, like so he dressed and shit all the time with that beard. Bro, I swear to God, <laughs> I, I swear, I swear to God, I was like, yo, if he has a press conference and Latrell Sweetwell comes up and says he's my son, my long lost son, we did DNA. <laughs> I would not be surprised because this brother has thrown away so much money in the past couple of years. It's incredible. So much money. Only, but, only the Latrell free Sprewell and twenty one million? That can't even feed my family. Comes in comes in even close to what James Harden has done. And he's and that was only a statement. That wasn't even really that much money, or was it twenty eight million? I can't feed my family. James uh-huh. Harden threw away like a hundred and fifty million dollars, bro. Yeah, but look at all, think of all the strippers' kids who are going to private school now because of James Harden. Well, that's true. That's like, an bless advantage. His bless his heart. The brother knows how to run a champagne room. I would take everything bad I've ever said back about James Harden if he would let me hang out with him in the champagne room and treat me like one of his boys, as it's been reported how well he treats his boy just one night. And I would take everything back I said about James Harden. But then, of course, as a true child of 2023... The next day, I would have to start talking bad about him, you know, all over again. Because guess what? My word don't have to mean shit today. 
This ain't 1980 no more. It's not 1990. You don't have to be a man of of your word anymore. You can say any goddamn thing you want. You can make up any statement that you want, and you don't have to fucking hold back on it. You don't have to, like, you know, keep your word or whatever. This is the generation. So we may be a little bit wrong when it comes to sexual mores and running bikini WNBA contests during the season next year as a way to boost ratings. But guess what? My word means something. And on that note, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Mr. Brooks with Supposedly the, the birthplace of liberty. The birthplace of liberty. Supposedly. I understand right now that's that's Tel Aviv. But Mr. Robert Brooks. <laughs> no comment. That's right. From Ohio. The man named after a caramel coated Reggie bar, candy bar with peanuts that once sold in 1977 Yankee Stadium. Reggie Reg. Reggie Woodson. Hey, the, Reggie, the Reggie bar was essentially a baby Ruth, right? Yeah. Listen, was this the round baby Ruth? The Reggie bar was uh-huh. around, It was a delicious candy bar. And Reggie told me that story. And maybe he didn't tell me that story, but I said it anyway. And I think it's a beautiful thing that he, the man was named after a Reggie bar. So Reggie Woods, Woodson. Thank you. Ohio. Oh. The heart of it all. We're in Ohio. You close uh, to the Cleveland? Dayton. Dayton? Okay. Dayton. Uh, I always got locked up in Dayton once. Uh, that happened. That yeah, happened. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. Uh, late night, late night at the Taco Bell drive through. Oh man, <laughs> man! You know one, one thing. One thing about the show—they locked, you, they locked why, you up for being in Taco Bell. One of, the, one of the reasons why that Twitter post like kind of got me in the beginning of the show, like honestly speaking, is because Rob has stories like that. He's been arrested, probably almost been arrested in more cities than. <laughs> Any like you know, good quote unquote good guy that you've ever seen, and like you know, let's be honest, I ain't no saint and everything. And you know, I just found it interesting that these takes that they got all the chicks that apparently all supposedly that I never got a chance to see. I would have to call Cap, but anyway, from Detroit, Michigan, home of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some. Come get you some wings, Mr. Grant Lancaster. And hopefully, hopefully we can get AI to teach Zach Wilson how to play fucking quarterback in the NFL. Uh, this dude ain't, sucks. Ain't, ain't gonna happen, homie. AR ain't that advanced yet. Yes, a lot. You know what I was thinking earlier? How, how does the biggest market in the NFL have the two worst quarterbacks for the team? Like, how is that possible? I don't know, but uh, I think that... It, it didn't start the season that way. This What we know is... Well... <laughs> <laughs> All righty, then. We still recording. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> And I'm just gonna say, <laughs> this is the unfiltered version. Of oh my gosh! 
Pour the trouble. I'm going to stop the stream. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I'm going to. I am seriously going to have to consider taking that video down. This was probably the worst, most inappropriate recording.